Hello everyone, welcome back to the main event. I'm Daniel. And Aaron. We're back again with yet another podcast as the games are coming thick and fast. We've got a semi-final preview in hand. Uh, we will be focusing mainly on the fantasy aspects this this podcast, opposed to just general chat like we did for yesterday's podcast for the reviews. We'll be looking at which players we think are really good picks for each team. I think myself and Aaron have picked five players from from each team for who we think is worth a little look in. Everyone's going to be in different positions because some people are going to have one wild card left. Some people are going to have two. Some people are going to have none. So obviously everyone's just going to have to play their own game at this stage. But like I say, we're going to go through sort of five picks from each team because I feel like that's enough to sort of cover a lot of bases. I have said to Aaron, just make sure that you pick at least one goalkeeper, four defenders, four midfielders, and two strikers. Obviously, with 20 players, there's going to be more in certain positions. I think particularly midfield and forwards, but I definitely wanted to make sure that we at least had a couple of goalkeepers in there as well. Aaron, you had a chance to to have a look through a few of these players? Yeah, I've, I've mostly been using the, the Gaming Hub app looking at the different filters and kind of seeing which players come up more often to kind of get an idea on what everyone else in the who's everyone else in the community who's still playing the game trying to get an idea on what they're doing to help me try and climb the ranks yeah i mean obviously we'll have to look at the games as they are as well in terms of who we think's going to go through um how I think the game's going to go. Not that our predictions have been overly fantastic as they are anyway with regards to who's going through. I think 150%. But to be fair, I think a lot of people are. I don't think many people uh, would have bet on Leipzig or Lyon to win their respective ties. So I don't feel too bad about it. Um, That being said, I could definitely, definitely see an upset happening against PSG. Uh, what's the first game that we've got? It is Paris Saint-Germain versus RB Leipzig, which will be the game on the 18th. So how do you think that one's going to go, Aaron? So I think it's going to be a good game. The, uh, Paris Saint-Germain get a lot of their players back. I believe the game hasn't updated yet. But the likes of Di Maria coming back, I, I hope that they can go back to playing a system that they know better than what they did against Atalanta. I think playing a Cardi as a right winger did not work out well, especially when Neymar kept trying to find him because Cardi was making runs. <laughs> well, he was basically following the centre-back rather than making runs. And I hope that they can get back to a system. Uh, Tuchel said that Mbappe will be fit to start. However, he said that we're going to assess him in training. So I don't know if he, I don't know what he's talking about. <laughs> is he fit to start or not? <laughs> he's fit. Yeah, he's either fit or he's not fit. Yeah. It's one of the two. But either way, he confirmed that he's going to play a massive part of the game. Uh, yeah. He'll either be, be an early second half substitute or he'll start. So. From RB Leipzig, I think that if they stick to what they did well against Atletico Madrid, where they're solid as a defensive unit and are able to get the runners from different positions, I think they'll be able to cause the Paris Saint-Germain defence a few issues, especially with Sabitzer getting in there. I've studied a lot of them over the last few days because I'm obviously a little bit more behind than a lot of people on him so just been trying to look at a few of his games and a few of his individual highlights and he he looks set to to have a good game if the rest of the team are solid enough this seems like a game where especially with those with those PSG players coming back where he might be able to get a hold of a little bit more space than 
if they hadn't came back because we could imagine that Tuchel would be playing those three ultra defensive players in the middle again if Angel Di Maria wasn't back, but gratefully he is. Yeah. So that means it should just be another open game where I think PSG will be far more lively in attack because of it, far more comfortable in attack, but also that'll open up even more space between the lines. So that's obviously good news from a fantasy perspective with attackers. Maybe not so great, again, trying to pick defenders, but it does just make things really, really easy. Pick your players that can get attacking returns or ultra cheap. I think Marquinhos is probably the only difference if you've got him. He's obviously playing in midfield, so he is further up, so he can, as he showed in the last game, get an attack and return. Uh, opposed to when he's playing centre-back, you're probably going to have to get it from a set-piece. Now he is more dangerous from open play. So um, an out-of-position defender is Goldust as well, and there's a few of them for Leipzig. So there will be choices around. Do you have an idea of who you think is going to go through, Aaron? I think that Paris Saint-Germain, if they play it to their ability, and it's, it's sad that I need to specify that now because Atletico Madrid and Man City let me down. If, if, but if they play to their players' best and they play Mbappe and Neymar, I think they'll go through because they have more avenues to attack rather than Atletico Madrid, which is just all through the centre. So I think they will. I think they'll go through, but I think both teams will score. Yeah, I think the same thing. I think uh, Leipzig are going to give a really good account of themselves. I can even see them going ahead again. I can see maybe a little bit like an Ajax-Tottenham game from last year where Leipzig really get themselves, you know, high gear, high tempo, sort of shock value for PSG, take the lead, really positive, and then PSG try to figure out the game. I think the challenge is going to be, you know, for Upa Meccano, we've seen him manhandle and bully Costa. How's he going to deal with Neymar on the ground? And how's he going to deal with Mbappe's pace if Mbappe does play? That's where I think there's going to be, you know, lots of questions. He can't do everything. I know there's a back three, though, to, to sort of help accommodate that fact. But it's going to be a really, really interesting battle and one that we haven't seen before. So I'm just generally like really, really excited to watch that to see how Upa Meccano challenges Neymar and Mbappe. I, Angel Di Maria is interesting. I think he's going to be chomping at the bit. I think he may have more goal-scoring potential than assisting potential in this game because I think assisting potential for him seems to come from crosses. And we've seen how Leipzig deal with aerial threats. They're very, very regularly in control, like complete control. So I do think it's going to be, you know, maybe can get off a long range shot. Can he be played through by some nifty Neymar work, uh, opposed to getting one of his usual assists? Where I think Leipzig can definitely be got at is down there their wings because Angelino is proving to be a really valuable attacking fullback. But we've seen, obviously, in the Premier League, he can't play his defensive position at all. There's a reason why he's a wingback and why they play a back three. So if they can, if PSG can stretch Leipzig and really use Bernat down the left to force back that wingback, and Carrera can push forward, although I'm not confident from watching him play against Atalanta. I wasn't overly impressed. Not, I didn't think he had a bad game, but I just felt he didn't do anything at all. Um, he's in my team. I've got to keep him in my team because I don't plan on using my wild card. So he'll be sticking in it for me, and I'll be hoping that he can get up up that wing to cause Angelino some problems because Angelino can be got at. He's definitely a weak link defensively for them. It's just a case of, for whatever reason, Atletico Madrid 
decided not to. Obviously, we talked about it in the review show last night that Koke decided to come inside, never really pushed him down that the outside, which I think is a real like sort of tactical blunder, whether it's by him or Diego Simeone, one of the two. So that'll be really interesting to see how they exploit the wings. And I do think PSG will get more joy. I wouldn't be surprised at all if Leipzig went through. And I think between the two underdogs, I think Leipzig have got more chance of beating PSG than Lyon have of beating Bayern Munich. Yeah, 100%. Bayern Munich are just too strong. With that in mind, let's talk about some players. Let's talk about yes. some players that we have, some players that we're thinking of getting in. But let's, um, let's first of all, let's just talk about, let's say someone's on a wild card or someone's had a bit of a disaster. They're looking to head really deep into PSG, first of all. Five players that we think can do the business for PSG. Yeah, so firstly, I wanted to just highlight the fact that Kalo Navas has been ruled out for this fixture according to multiple uh, sources with a torn hamstring. So that leaves an avenue for Sergio Rico. So he's low ownership. For some reason, Keylor Navas is one of the most transferred in Paris Saint-Germain players in the last 24 hours. Doesn't make sense. I think people are just making their team before the, the game's updated. Um, so Sergio Rico is a potential for potential save points and to free up some budget to get other people in. He was um, He's on my list of five at 4.4 million euros. If you're strapped for cash, which I don't think many people will be because no. of the Man City assets going out. Um, but I know that some people on Twitter didn't have a single Man City player. So if, for those people, if they're looking for a budget sort of enabler, when, again, I don't think any of these teams are overly expected to keep the clean sheet. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think Sergio Rico, 4.4 million is the cheapest goalkeeper in the game. Uh, that's left, really, that's going to play. So he was on my list. Um Absolutely. He only got um he's only got seven points so far for the competition. That's I think it's pretty obvious it's because he's not been playing. He's not a very good goalkeeper. He does make mistakes. He's not fantastic at one on one situations. So uh, I wouldn't expect a clean sheet. You might get some save points, but really you're gonna pick them, you're gonna put them in as an enabler. And then that'll allow you to go probably big with Neuer for the second game, providing you've already got Neuer. And obviously it just depends what people's situations are. But yeah, he was actually, um, he's on my list as well. Yeah, so, because people more likely be switching from Edison to another keeper or Navas. Uh, he's one of the most highly owned players. So people need to switch him out. And so Sergio Rico can be definitely one of them five transfers and someone yep. else who we were talking about before is Mbappe for obvious reasons. He has more out of all the forwards left in the competition. He has the second, oh, sorry. He, yeah. Second highest points behind Lewandowski. It's almost double, which is sad, but Mbappe hasn't really played the last couple of games and yet he's still second. So he's someone who could come in and attack Angelino's side if they play him on the right of the th front three instead of through the middle. So I have him for 10.7. We've mentioned Di Maria coming in for 8.4. And the other player who I've got in, more so for um, to kind of keep an eye on what other people are doing, Marquinhos is, Marquinhos is the most uh, transferred in player so far as of recording for this game week. So yeah. That's six million. Uh, but I guess that's for the same reason that you would pick someone like Lema or 
someone another out of position defender because he'll play further up the field. And I think that if a, a change happens defensively, it's more likely that Thiago Silva will be taken out or Kimbembe and Marquinhos will stay in. So he's more of a safe, safer bet. And Neymar's the penalty taker. So that's my, that's my five. I think we've got four of the same. Now, like I said earlier, Sergio Rico, definitely Di Maria now that he's back. I think he'd be chomping at the bit, as I said earlier. And it's likely that he, he might be on Angelino's side to really exploit that. I mean, Angelino versus Di Maria is a total mismatch. So I'd look forward to seeing that. Um, I've also got Neymar. Uh, and I also had Mbappe in there as well. Um, Di Maria only seven points behind Mbappe, which I think for a midfielder at 2.3 million euros cheaper provides really good value. Um, but the one player that I've got different is Bernat at 5.8 million. He has 54 points, which is five more than Mbappe. For me, the Marquinhos move is chasing points. You see it in other fantasy games as well. Someone gets a hole. Everyone's got to get them in to start chasing. Before any games were played, what odds do you think you'd get on Marquinhos scoring two goals in two games? And that's not to say that he won't do it. Anyone, anything can happen in football, absolutely anything. But I think when I look at underlying stats and when I look at consistency, Bernat has got, in my opinion, a better chance of getting a return in this game. Yeah, I just think the Marquinhos thing is people chasing points. I'm happy to be proven wrong when he when he scores or whatever. And he, he's obviously a, a threat from set pieces. But I thought in that second half, once Mbappe came on, Bernat improved because Mbappe occupied so much of the defenders and Atlanta play a similar style. Bernat really started to push and push. The only problem really was... If you look at it even just from you know purely mathematical point of view, you only had 25, 30 minutes to exploit that space, opposed to a full 90 if Mbappe is playing, or if he comes on at half time. Um, and I think his position's pretty nailed on, so I think he is a safe bet. And he's a couple of million uh, 0.2 of a million cheaper than Marquinhos. So I'm still confident in Bernat and he's in my team anyway. So I've got no choice but to be happy with him. I was but, just yeah. thinking with Marquinhos that like like what I was saying, just for that, he's more of a safer pick in terms of he's going to play and he'll probably stay on longer than most of the others because if they'll probably play him in centre defensive mid and he'll probably sit on Sabitzer. So he'll try and clean up and he'll probably get the ball reception points. But if yeah. you look at all the other midfielders, you don't know if Idrissa Gay is going to play. If he does, then that's a really cheap, midfielder who's still in the game you've got Sarabia who may play but Paredes Herrera Draxler you don't know who's going to play in the other role and so it, that in terms of that Marquinhos is a safer bet but I wouldn't bank on him to get an attack in return no way yeah I think for six million I'd I'd want an attack in return yeah for me personally at that price uh, we're looking at Leipzig Five players from them. So um, I think the obvious one that doesn't really need too much thought is Sabitzer. It's 6.8 million, 56 points in the competition so far. He's an absolute beast. Um, that's more points than any of the PSG players. Uh, and he got six points in the last game as well. So he, he is in form. As far as the, I appreciate it's hard, you know, for Leipzig to play one game and for some teams to play two. But um, from the very little information that we've got, it, it does look like he's, he's very, very capable. And against an Atletico Madrid team that do like to defend, he looked very, very, very capable. So I'd love to see what you can do against a relatively shaky PSG. Um, I've also gone, I've gone for a lot of sort of out of position defenders here. Lema, again, he plays in midfield and he was played an odd role the other night where out of possession, he was on the right. In possession, he dropped into hold midfield, which is perfect because 
his potential to get attacking returns went up and his potential to get interception points or ball recovery points um, also went up. So um, I think he had a couple of good chances. He was in some uh, some good areas. He got um, one extra point for the ball recoveries, which I was happy with. For 4.3 million, I don't really know what else you could possibly want. Uh, Klosterman as well found himself in some really good positions. 4.7 million, exactly the same amount of points as Lema, both with 49 points overall and both with three points in the last game. So very, very similar. If it is just going to be one or the other, I'd go with Lema as he's 0.4 cheaper. Um, I know I've slagged him a little bit so far, but Angelino does have attacking potential. He is a good attacking fullback asset. Um, I wouldn't want him in a real team. Um, unless you want to play a three at the back, where it's absolutely fine. Um, but going forward, 4.4 million. He's got 25 points so far, and six of them were in the last game. I think he could really get a PSG's right back. I do really think that. So if you've got a bit of space there, out of out of Lehmann Klosterman, if I didn't have any Leipzig defender, I'd actually probably go with Angelino the most, as he's most likely for an attack in return. And the last player that I had was the goalkeeper, Glaski, because again, he's 4.5 million. I'm not expecting any clean sheets from any goalkeepers, and he could get save points quite comfortably against PSG. I don't expect either PSG or Leipzig to get absolutely hammered. So I think at that value, you could be could be really, really good. I think the only players I want to add to that is you have Olmo, the midfielder, Danny Olmo. He scored the last game, obviously. He is the most transferred in Leipzig player up behind Sabitzer. I think a lot of people are trying to, to get him on board. Chasing the points. Yeah. And... To be fair, out of all of the Leipzig players, he's the one more likely to get points again. So it's kind of to cover that, uh, to cover that avenue. Another person who I, had, I he didn't play in the last game, but a lot of people seem to be getting him in is Forsberg. Yeah, he's the penalty taker. I believe, I think he's like he's quite high up in terms of like. The dressing room as far as like captaincy and stuff goes as well. I just don't think he quite fits into the system sometimes. He's more likely to come off the bench as a substitute, but when he does, he scores. He scores a lot of goals for Forsberg. So he's a because it's the first game, he's a good punt. If you want if you're looking at if you're in a position and you're mini leagues or you know you're behind and you want to take a risk for a differential perhaps. He's a good he's a good shout because he I say with Bernard and I sort of shared penalties, but now he's the out and out penalty taker. Mm-hmm. So it, I was looking at Forsberg. He's really high in terms of the points scored already in the game as well. It's just with where I am and how many players I've got to choose from, I want to be a little bit more safe with my picks personally. But if if someone's in a position where whether feel like they can't take that risk, then Forsberg's as good as any. Yeah. And so other than that, you've already you've already mentioned the other players. Yeah, I think you're right as well with Danny Olmo. I think obviously he scored he scored before the restart. He scored since the restart. He plays up front, didn't he, in the last game? So he's out of position midfielder. Yeah, so I think that's I think again, six million euros really really solid pick i think there are like a lot of choices for um for leipzig i think they're a team that i'm not going to be scared of of investing in that's for sure i haven't made any of my transfers just yet i've sort of got a plan um and i have picked some players that i think at the minute will be going in but i'm not making any of my transfers official until the um sort of right before the deadline. I've got my plan, but I want to be listening to some team news. I don't understand people making transfers now unless they really feel like they need the money yeah. because obviously yeah. there are price rises, but most of them are by 0.1 million. Mm-hmm. Um, and as I've already mentioned, if, you, if you've if you got a lot of Man City players, 
just take your time because you've got you probably got Sterling or De Bruyne or both. Like I say, I had 30 million wrapped up in Man City assets, so there aren't really any players as expensive left that I didn't already own because of I've got the expensive Bayern Munich players as well. Yeah. Uh, maybe Mbappe, but I'm not sure if I'm going to go for Mbappe personally. We'll uh, just have to see. <laughs> yeah, moving on to the second game, Bayern versus Lyon. This is going to be, again, a really, really interesting game to see to see what happens. It's, uh, it's just so weird because it is one of those where it could be it could be a really high score in both teams' affair because of the way that Bayern play so high and Leon's approach to the game like they did against Man City. But it could also just be Bayern absolutely battering another team. It could be. That's the scary part is the potential attacking returns that Bayern Munich have up to grabs and not knowing which players are going to get the points. Because I was thinking before earlier today that the average score other than Bayern Munich is like 2-1, 3-1. It seems to be the case in the Europa League as well and the one-off ties. So over the two games, I was thinking that, oh, there's going to be about six goals up for grabs. However, Bayern Munich completely changed that dynamic where they have the potential to get more and more and more. I think Lyon are a better defensive team than Barcelona, as they proved against Man City. Lopez got the highest amount of points this last game week for the quarterfinals with his amount of saves that he had, and very, very good saves as well. Yeah, I'm excited for this game, and I'm going to try my best to use as many Bayern Munich assets as I can and try and get them all crammed into the team. Yeah, I found Leon players difficult. Yeah. Uh Kone has a has an orange health symbol on, on the game, but the game's not updated properly anyway. It's the last time I checked because there are players it still says like Angel Di Maria is suspended when we don't think he is. So that's concerning. But also Kone, even though he's playing a left wing back on the games of forward, which isn't massively appealing. Um, so the, Leon are a bit of a bit of an enigma on here, and especially when they're going up against that Bayern Munich midfield, it's just again it is really going to be a fascinating game. But trying to pick fantasy assets from them, I think this this is the team that I'm going to just step away from probably. Yeah, because. Trying to pick which one's going to do it is really difficult. I think the best shout, so one of my five picks for this, is Auer. He does have more points than any other Leon player, so I do appreciate it's a lazy pick. But when he's he got nine points against Manchester City, 7.1 million euros. And we have talked about him a lot on this podcast. This isn't just a, oh, he did all right. We've consistently, from the beginning of our podcast, talked about when before we started our podcast he was one of the players that we sort of looked at um so i think he probably is a key player where he is on set pieces um as far as like corners and long long distance free kicks that memphis isn't going to shoot from so i think he's probably the best bet out of, of all their players. But I have endeavoured to pick four others. <laughs> I imagine you have um, Lopez as one of yours, do you? Yeah, just for the save points. How much is Lopez? 4.7, I believe. Brilliant, yeah. I mean, it's... 4.8, he's went up. He's went up. I think if you've got him, Glasky, or Sergio Rico, it's fine. I personally wouldn't go with them, and the one reason why I wouldn't go with them is a I've got Neuer anyway, so I don't want two goalkeepers from the same game. I'd rather risk a goalkeeper on the first game, and then just subbing in Neuer. So if if you do have Neuer, I personally wouldn't I wouldn't go with that option. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the only people 
that could really go with that option because not many people are going to have Rico anyway. Uh, I think are going to be those with Golaski. Maybe if they had Golaski and Edison or Golaski and Oblak, then they've got the choice of realistically Neuer or Lopez. And I think it's probably going to come down to budget restraints. So pick your outfield team, your players there, and then whatever your budget allows, probably make the decision between Neuer and Lopez. Uh, it is a risk though, because as much as you can get save points, Leon are also the team most at risk of conceding the most, not because they're bad, as proven, they are an excellent, excellent side. They're just also playing against, in my opinion, the best team in the world. Yeah, 100%. Um, so just going through some more of our choices, Aaron, who, who else have you got? Who are your other four players? Okay, so I had Lopez. I know that Aware we've mentioned before as well. So he was my second player. The others that I have is Kakare, 4.9. Yep. Uh, he'll be right involved in the, the midfield battle. He's selected by 0%, but I'm guessing that's like 0 point whatever, whatever. Not enough to be 1%. And he has a lot of ball recoveries. And he's... I, he, like according to the eye test, I think he's been pretty good, and it showed that he's done well against De Bruyne and he's done well against City's midfield, although it wasn't their strongest midfield. But that's a different story. And then mm-hmm. the others, Marcel, one of their centre defenders, also selected by zero percent. He had nine ball recoveries in the last game, and. I think he could do well. And Memphis Depay is the penalty taker, but that's probably the only reason I would go for him. I think 8 million is a lot for a forward for who isn't guaranteed attacking returns at this stage of the tournament. For 1 million more, you could get Thomas Muller. So that's that's probably... I wouldn't advise against that, but for that, just for the penalty aspect of his game, I, I have him in. And Marcelo is the other one because he's the defender with the most amount of points for Leon. Yeah, I had Marcelo in there, four point eight. Uh, as you say, he's joint joint most points with Dubois. I've got Dubois on my list as well because Dubois has been playing out of position. He's been playing as a right wing back, right midfielder. Uh, I can't see him really exploiting Alfonso Davies too much. I think it'd be a bit too much to ask him to get an attack and return in this game, but he's in a position to do it. He's got um, the ball recovery points as well, because I don't think Coleman is 90 minutes fit yet. Yeah. And Perisic is a lot easier to get the ball off than Nabry. So the right side is probably the way you want to go. Plus, for some reason, Lewandowski was a left winger for a lot of the game against Barcelona and I don't think he's going to dribble past you too much. He'll probably like lay it off and get a one, two. So he has the potential. He has a higher potential to get ball recovery points than they do on the other side. In my opinion. Yeah. And a 4.5 million euros again, this is what we're talking about for defenders. It's just, I think at this stage, it's about enabling yourself to get high-priced forwards, midfielders, or when we get into buy and maybe a high-priced defender. Um, and I've got Dembele, 7.7 million euros, got 10 points against Man City. Again, he may not start against Bayern. It, it's not really the point. We've seen so much over the, um, over the restart with the five substitutions that if a player gets 20, 25 minutes, it's all the need for to get massive scores. If you look at the um, the Premier League game, Phil Foden came on and, you know, he sort of grabbed a goal in a double game week and then start the next game week and got a few goals. And then Mares coming on for the last game of the season and getting a, like a double figure hole. Um, you look at Dembele, in the last game, comes on, gets two goals. You look at Coutinho in the last game, comes on, gets two goals and an assist. 
can Bayern Munich take advantage in the first hour of this game and also not get caught out on the counter? I think that's the big question. If Leon is still in the game with 30 minutes to go, then I think if Dembele doesn't start, then he'll come on and he could cause damage in behind um, Bayern Munich's defence, which Barcelona did get in a few times in the first half and then thought it's abject after that. I think once the... Uh, the third Bayern Munich goal went in. They're just down tools, really. I don't think Leon would do that. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah. Um, we'll get on to the big hitters. Uh, this is really difficult because how on earth are you meant to choose between all of these glorious players um, who will now all blank because we've been bigging them up so much? So I do apologise <laughs> to all Bayern Munich owners, including myself. Um, is Lewandowski. He scored again. Um, he got another assist. He's, I think, the second most expensive player left in the game after Neymar. But you still think he's still a bargain at 11 million. At this stage, when you've got 105 million to spend, essentially, if you haven't, you know, had loads of price drops or anything like that. 93 points overall. Um, another 10 points against Barcelona. Uh, I just think he's. I've said. I've said from the start, he's a no-brainer. I will continue to say that he's a no-brainer. Yeah. Lewandowski uh, is part of my five as well. He needs two goals to equal Ronaldo's Champions League record for goals in a single season. I think he's a goal in each of these games if they get to the final. I think he'll do that. And he's the most owned player left in the game as well. So if you don't have him, you're far behind other people who do. You've been missing out. The next player that is highly owned for Bayern Munich is actually Kimmich. Yep, 26 he's on my 26% owned. And he got a goal and an assist in the last game. You've got Nabry. Sorry. Just to, touch on, just to touch on Kimmich, I think his potential is so much higher now because he's playing at right back. And with the way that Bayern Munich play, he's going to get forward a lot more. Kimmich, it, you know, towards the beginning of the season, the middle of the season was the holding midfielder, essentially. Mm-hmm. So his attacking output wasn't as great. Um, he was more there to control the game. He, in the Bundesliga in particular, he did still score. He did still get the odd assist. But he was playing as a as a right winger um, against Barcelona. I've got no reason to see why that won't happen again. Like they just do not care Bayern Munich. He will go for it. So I think because he's now playing in that role and Goretzka's dropped to play Kimmich's role, six and a half million euros is a bargain for him because he's gonna he's a, he's just another attacking player basically that you get to put into your defence. Then other players I've got, Nabry, who I didn't have last game, and I regret it. What a fool. I know. And 8.4 million for Nabry, 10 points in the last game, 62 points overall. He's an absolute tank on this uh, on this game. For his price point, it's a joke. Uh, so... He's on my list as well. Absolute necessity. And then the other two, that, not necessarily for their attacking returns, but cheap players who are going to start. Alfonso Davies, he got an assist last game. And he is a cheap player who is going to start. So you, you, pay, you get what you pay for. You don't expect him to get the same amount of points as Nabry. He's just not in the same position. He has the Is potential to 5.2. 5.2. He's one of the yeah. quickest rising players. Yeah. And then the other player is Goretzka, who 6.8. He's one of the other cheap midfielders who are going to start. And he had the most ball recoveries in the last game. Plus, he's owned by 1%, so he's a differential. He got seven yeah. points last game. I think I think they're both fine fine picks. Um, 
especially if you are looking for budget. The reason why I w- wouldn't be going that way, even if you know I was struggling for cash, for example, like obviously if you are really desperate to buy in Munich, you can't afford some of the bigger hitters. Sandal to go, say max one of those two, um, just because they are like you get attacking returns, as you say. Um, just to reiterate to everyone, Davies is a midfielder on the game, so. He doesn't get as many points for scoring if he does score. Yeah. And yeah. he doesn't, he's not on any, you know, he doesn't have a chance of getting any clean sheet points, which is a real disappointment when he is a left back. Next um, year, though. Yeah, next year. Yeah, he'll be great next year. But the, um, the issue for me is that there's enough, there's enough potential for budget players elsewhere where, you know, if you look at Leipzig, for example, their best player that we've mentioned is 6.8. You look at Leon, best player that we mentioned, 7.1. I think I want to be using my buy-in allotment of players to um, to really go big. I think for them in PSG, go big. The players are more expensive if, if you expect them to do anything. I think there's value to be found in the other teams that are just as likely as Alfonso Davies or Goretzka to get a return like Goretzka and Davies don't have any more chance of getting a return than Sabitza, for example. And Sabitza, how how much did you say Goretzka works? Six point eight. Oh, so he's exactly the same price as Sabitza, exactly the same price. Um, and I think that um, Goretzka's attacking potential he's still great for assists. I think his attacking potential has dropped a little bit. Just because he's his position's dropped a little bit in the team, whereas he was scoring quite a bit after the restart, but that was obviously with Kimmich playing and holding midfield. My two players that I've gone for, I think after the last performance, Thomas Muller, nine million for a forward, just got thirteen points. And I think it's just an indication of how they're going to play. He he does do well in these sorts of games and not competitions as well. Four one points overall. Um, for me, for your front line, I think you've really got a toss-up between Lewandowski, Neymar, Mbappe, and Muller. I think they're mm-hmm. probably your four players that you should be looking at. Yeah. Um, and I think for a lot of people, it's going to be predetermined by what you've got already, unless you're going to wild card. Um, and the last player that I've got is Perisic, because as much as I want to be cool, man, I still don't know if he's going to play, and I don't think you can drop Perisic when he he scored two games in the bounce, I think in a half million, 39 points overall, and he got seven points last week, plus his point haul against Chelsea that he got. Uh, I just think he's consistent choice playing in that front line. And the other players occupy the opposition defender so much. That I think Paris is just is, is a bit of a forgotten man. He ghosts in. They're like, oh, well, he's the least dangerous. And he's a really good finisher, as he's proved. He's scored in World Cup semi-finals, World Cup finals. He's scored in the last two games for this competition at eight and a half million. Uh, yeah, I, I can't see many other players around eight and a half million would want ahead of Perisic. I think if you don't have a Bayern Munich midfielder around that amount, I would go Nabry over Perisic if you could only afford one. Yeah. Um, but I'm grateful I've got Nabry anyway. Uh, so. Looking at our teams, first of all, Aaron, let's just go through who we still have left. Because uh, First of all, how many players did you lose? How many players so, you lost? So I lost nine players. So nine. I've actually activated my limitless wild card for this oh. round. <gasps> this is news to me. I, I wasn't expecting this. We'll get on to this in a second. So, I, oh, Wow. Aaron dropping bombs. Uh, so you've decided to throw it, <laughs> throw in your wild card early. Um, that's exciting because I'm not using mine until the final. So at least we've finally got something different. Undoubtedly, the points will be exactly the same. But um, okay. what's your thinking behind it? Why? Because obviously you're saying there that you've lost nine players. But yeah, so I lost nine players. 
and I could I could have brought I could have used the five transfers to at least get a start at eleven. However, I would have to chance um getting that start and eleven correct fully and not having the ability to I guess use the subs bench, especially for the Bayern Munich game. I thought that was too risky. And what I thought in the end was when I read through the rules again that one transfer carries over into the week after. So I would end up going into the final with six transfers. So I'd have enough to have a start in 11 plus a bench player. And that is what I was, that's my thinking in the end and to try and, because my predictions were messed up to the point where my squad is just gone. (laughs) (laughs) And so by playing, it kind of forced my hand in order to try and stay with everyone in the ranks to try. I'm just going to have to chance it and go for it to try and yeah, if it works, it works. If not, oh well. (laughs) Yeah, it's interesting. Um, Obviously, like I said, I didn't realize you were doing it. So um, I suppose we've got two different things to talk about now. Uh, Yeah, so I didn't realize, obviously, I think I say this is our first season as it is. I didn't realize that one transfer carried over. Um, Neither did I. I just, I was reading through the, I read through the the chip to make sure that I understood it before I made that decision. Because I, when I saw the amount, you know, when you go on the app and it says your team needs your help or whatever, yeah, and yeah, it yeah. shows you all the people who are like now eliminated. <laughs> it was just like a list the whole <laughs> length of my screen, and I was just like, oh, I need to, uh, yeah, I need to do something now. And so I was reading the rule of the chip just to kind of see. And then as soon as I saw that one transfer carried over, I was like, I experimented it with it because I knew that my team would revert back to my quarterfinal team. So I said, would I be able to get a start on 11 out of this? So if Paris Saint-Germain and Bayern Munich go through, I have enough to get a start on 11. Oh, if, so it's a risk. Yeah, if there's a upset in either game then I just have to chance picking the players that are going to perform in the final and have players who aren't going to play and hope for no injuries yeah Um, can't you do it is there no mathematical way of doing it so that doesn't matter what happens you can field and level obviously there's four teams left can you not pick is there, is there no way of mathematically doing it where you pick four, four, and four, 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 and three? No, not with. I could have took a point hit, but I'm not about that. <laughs> uh, so I didn't want to take a point hit in Champions League because I know the ranks are so close. Like one point is like 20,000 places. So I didn't want to take a point hit when my first season. I want to see how high I can get it. So just see how it goes. It's a risk. It's a massive risk, but I'm, I'm just going all out. And if it ruins, then this might be the last podcast of the season. <laughs> <laughs> um, do you have an idea of what your team is? Yeah, I've went heavy Paris Saint-Germain and heavy Bayern Munich. That's interesting. So, uh, okay, you're allowed six players from each team, and I have six Bayern Munich players and five Paris Saint Germain players with two Leipzig, no, three Leipzig players and one Leon player. So, obviously, budgets out the window, nobody price is considered. And I made sure before I activated the limitless that it was actually going to be above. 105 million otherwise there's no point in in doing the chip yeah so my starting 11 as it stands actually i'll just read it as if it was on the transfer screen so my goalkeepers are galaxy and noya my defenders upamecano 
Bernat, Marquinhos, Alaba, Kimmich. Midfield, Di Maria, Perisic, Sabitza, Nabri, and Auer. With forwards, Mbappe, Neymar, Lewandowski. Okay. I think you're only... Uh, the only weird one there for me is Alaba. Yep. He's so, a good player, but he's not a fantasy asset in any way, shape, or form. I'm kind of banking on the clean sheet, if there is one. You are going for a clean sheet? Yeah. <laughs> so how many? For, for Alaba, it's more so that he's he's played the 90 minutes for both games. So and scored an goal. So, and an on goal. Um, so I picked him more than Boateng and, and uh, what's his face, Sule. But I know he's probably not going to do anything. Uh, he's just there in case one of the other defenders are, do badly. So if Upa Meccano doesn't do well, Bernat yeah. gets one point. At least Alaba has a chance of playing the 90 minutes. So he's going to get two. So that's literally it. And plus, I couldn't find another defender who was actually worth putting in ahead of him to make, I... the, to make the chip worth it. Yeah, fair enough to make the chip worth it. Well, but I mean, the chip's worth it to actually feel a good team. Yeah. Um, I would have said, I still would have taken a punt on Angelino, me personally. Yeah, I was considering it, uh, especially as we were talking through the podcast. He's definitely someone who I'm considering, especially because his last three games... Seven points, nine points, six points. Yeah. So it's definitely there. To I'm considering it. Well, for me, my task is um, a little less existential. <laughs> I'm not using my chip yet. So players that I've got locked in because I have them anyway. So I've got no real wiggle room. So as I mentioned earlier seven of my players are out uh so staying in for sure in fact is Neymar and Lewandowski as my forwards Jesus is is out my midfielders I've only got two left I've got Nabri and Sarabia so they both need to stay in whether I like it or not Sarabia has to stay in um with Kevin De Bruyne Urente and Sterling all going out. Defensively, I've got three defenders left with Lema, Kerrer, and Bernat. So they'll be staying in um, with Lodi and Jim City out. Goalkeeper-wise, I've still got Neuer in and Oblak is out. So Jim City's staying because of his value. It's 3.7. That was the entire point of getting him in. Uh, although it's actually turned out to not be that important. So for me, the real question, and I think I've sort of came to an answer now, is do I use all five transfers on my outfield players and just punt on Neuer? Or do I make four outfield changes and then a goalkeeper change? So... I can sort of double up on I mean chances with a goalkeeper, but ultimately in that first game, I'm not banking on a clean sheet anyway for either team. And I can only play one goalkeeper. So I am going to make five outfield changes. At the minute, those changes are going to be Kimmich to come in for Lodi. So I would have effectively Neuer in goal and then in defence, Bernat Carrera, Lema, and Kimmich. Then in midfield, I would bring in Perisic, Sabitza, and Angel Di Maria to join uh, Nabri and Sarabia. And then up front for Gabriel Jesus, I would bring in Thomas Muller, although I can't afford Mbappe. I think my biggest dilemma is whether I go for Muller or Mbappe. That's one of my big dilemmas as well. I think it's going to be decided when I see the Paris Saint-Germain starting 11. Yeah. If Mbappe is not starting, I'm not putting him in. I'm not leaving him in. Although he has done well coming off the bench. Uh, I think 90 minutes of Muller is 
is has a higher ceiling than 30 minutes of Mbappe. Yeah, I totally agree. I am waiting to see what the um the team sheets look like there. Uh again, I've just got a good feeling about Muller. I just think again they've sort of just adapted the way they they play now that Kimmich has gone to right back. And they do look less defensively stable, but a lot more offensively capable with him bombing down the right because Pavard doesn't quite have the pace. Pavard's an excellent right back, but he just doesn't have that the same threat as Kimmich. He, and he is he is a threat. I'm not like trying to sort of downplay how good Pavard is, but Kimmich, like I've said in previous yeah, post- yeah. podcasts, is is for me the best right back in the world, both like you know in terms of balance of going forward and defensively. So Muller sort of just seems to fit into that quite nicely. It's harder with Bayern Munich. There's just yeah. too many good players. That's what's giving I, me the biggest headache. Last few of these and and say I'm going to invest loads of time and money in goalkeepers. <laughs> when we've been saying, what's the point when clean sheets are a premium anyway? When the highest scoring points, highest scoring keeper for points is three points. Like, what's the point? <laughs> what is the point? What is the three points? <laughs> but Galaxy was actually one of the most owned and played goalkeepers in the last round by people in and around our ranks. I think more so for the save points, but also his price. So I went with him over Rico because I think he's going to make more saves throughout the match than Rico will. So even though I'm not banking on the clean sheet, if he gets three or four points, I would probably, I might keep him because the clean sheets are not guaranteed. So... If he gets three or four points, I would say that was a, a good move. Unless Rico saves a penalty, then I'll be a bit disappointed. <laughs> yeah, I think uh, Neuer's not really got too many chances at save points just because like, teams don't create that many chances, but they, they do. They seem to be pretty clear cut. And it's more so, yeah, he might save a couple and they'll concede two points. I think for for Neuer it's going to be two points or six points. Yeah, I just I just think it's going to be one of those two, unless like you say he saves a pen, which you can never legislate for. You can't be, you know, planning your fantasy team around goalkeepers potentially saving points or goalkeepers potentially getting sent off for being the last man and yeah things like that. Like that's not the sort of stuff that we can proactively predict. I think you're safe with Neuer to be fair. So I yeah. wouldn't I wouldn't. Me, personally, I wouldn't go with the other keeper. I think Bayern Munich have more of a chance of getting it at the final. And then if that happens, you can, you've can you got your limitless chip for the final. So you can do whatever you want with your keeper then. Yeah, exactly. I've, um, I mean, for the limitless chip, it doesn't really matter at all. Goalkeeper-wise, you can still only pick one. Navas, he would have been great to have in because he's a great shot stopper. Yeah. But wish him a speedy recovery. I just can't wait for this round of games. I am... I feel really dirty saying it, but I am supporting uh, Bayern and PSG. And before everyone has my life for saying I'm supporting PSG, it's just purely because I have a bet on um, from the quarterfinals. Uh, I'd put on a Bayern Munich PSG final. So <laughs> that's that's my only selfish reasons. If I didn't have that bet on, I'd be supporting RB Leipzig all the way. And I think the final, if Bayern Munich go through would have been a little bit more predictable if it was Leipzig because they play each other all the time anyway. Yeah. It'd be better if it was France versus Germany. I don't like it when it's two uh, two teams from the same country, even if that's two English teams. It just doesn't have the same feel at Historically, all. Historically, they are really bad games. Yeah. I don't think they Standard-wise. Yeah. Like, I think the only one that was decent was Real Madrid-Valencia. But the quality was still not the best. Now, when we did our final, when we uh, that's a previous podcast, guys, have a look through. We uh, reviewed the last twenty years of finals, twenty-one years. <laughs> um, I really enjoyed. Ironically enough, it completely contradicting what I've just said. I really like the Bayern Munich Dortmund. Uh, oh yeah, that fun. did get quite high up, didn't it? 
that was like really that was actually a really good fight the quality it wasn't it wasn't loads of quality it was just a weirdly entertaining game there's lots of shots wasn't there yeah it was because it was a clock team yeah but i mean leipzig like a lot of teams now thanks to that clock team sort of press the same way that dortmund used to i don't think they've i don't think they've got the same players as as Dortmund when they had, you know, it was what Royce, Lewandowski, Goethe, Gundogan, like some some sweethearts there. But uh I'd love to see but Meccano play against Bayern Munich. I'm sure obviously you could just look back at the previous games. But there is there's a different edge for a final. The one game that I have got no interest in watching whatsoever would be PSG Leon. Oh, 100%. I mean, that like, finished nil-nil in a friendly. Yeah, like, no, that was the final of a cup, wasn't it? That two, oh, yeah. two cup finals, yeah. So the the beat Saint-Etienne 1-0 and then drew nil-nil with uh, Lyon and went through to penalties. I think if it was them, no disrespect to the teams, but disrespect, is, <laughs> <laughs> is surely the cancelling of their league had something to do with it. Yeah. If if them two did make it through, because there's no way that that hasn't played a factor, in my opinion. Mbappe doing the whole Farmers League tweet with the little clown emoji. Like, I mean, if you played, if you had all of the leagues stack up and had like each position play each other in like a group, so like. It would have to be 18th because of Bundesliga. But if you got all of the 18th league teams, like place teams to face each other, and then all like 17, 16, all the way up to the top, yeah. then I would say probably La Liga or Premier League would come out on top. Probably most likely. But having that much of a rest and being able to focus completely on your opponent for over a month, I think this has to have an effect. Yeah, I think um, tactically, maybe, which is what was so surprising with the PSG Atlanta game. Um, I think that one was where it nearly worked against them. Yeah. But I think for the Leon game, they probably had, they've had a long time. And basically, they've only had to prepare for a cup final against PSG and then this game here. Whereas, doesn't help when Man City play into your hands. Yeah, I mean, we've got to give respect to Leon and also look at Guardiola's tactics and and stuff like that. There's a lot goes into it, and ultimately, who cares? It yeah. it happened. You've got to beat what's in front of you. Man City didn't. Leon absolutely were the better team for I'd say all but half an hour of the game, and when they weren't the better team. They played a brilliant game plan. Absolutely deserved to go through. Congratulations to them. Best of luck to all four teams in the semi-finals, but just a little bit more luck to the two teams I've got a bet on. <laughs> look forward That's- to catching up with you after the semi-finals, and it could be a very different approach to next week's thing when we're not thinking identical to how we're going to play the final. Well, that's the thing. It's going to be really interesting with you using your wild card now because it puts me in a good position in terms of if I'm behind you, knowing how many risks to take, and if I'm ahead, I could just match you, yeah. literally. In the but, I couldn't because you just pick a different captain to me, and then it would backfire. We've also got to consider the other Daniel. I had a look at his team. Shout out! Oh, he keeps getting loads of shout outs. We need to try and get him on the podcast. Yeah, we don't know who you are, Daniel. (laughs) Get Um, in touch. I mean, we have Twitter and email and stuff. That's if you still listen. listen. Hopefully you still listen. Um, But yeah, I had a look at his team and he's still got his actual wild card left. Not as limitless, but his actual one. So that is interesting as well. I I think if I had a normal wild card, I'd probably use it this week just because you'd still have the players to roll over to get into the final. Mm-hmm. I'd just, again, take a gamble on Leon not going through, personally. Yeah. I'd, just bank, I'd go like half, as many players from Bayern Munich as possible, and then half and half, Leipzig and Paris, and then just 
whoever doesn't go through, split that off. Like I say, for the final anyway, you only need literally 11 players. Like, the limitless wildcard's actually pretty useless with the four teams that are left in. It It's going to need to be Paris versus Bayern for it to be worth it because Leipzig's players are all four to six million, four to seven million. All of and, them are super affordable. Like, yeah, the limitless wild card in this round would have been absolutely amazing if Man City was still in. But yeah, I probably wouldn't have played it if Man City were in because I would have had enough uh, players left in to continue on my my original plan. Yeah, I think uh, if the Man City players were still left in, I'd be. I probably would have made my transfers already because I would have needed the money. But as it happens, I can't, I don't understand if if you're one of those people that have already made your transfers, like fair enough if money was looking tight. I don't think it's the smartest thing to do. Someone could get injured in training. We could get a bit of uh, team news. You want as much information as possible when we all have three games left. That's it. Three games. Mm-hmm. And... While we've been recording the podcast, the game has updated. Di Maria no longer has his suspension symbol, but Adrissa Gay is now doubtful for those who may have him. That may be good for me because if he doesn't play, there's a better chance of Sarabia playing through the middle, which is exactly where I want him to play. (laughs) So, yeah, exciting. I can't wait. We will have a podcast again. Once the two semi-finals are played, we'll then do a preview podcast for the final, going through our final teams, and once again we'll have a we'll have a review, and we'll maybe do something a bit special for the review as well, not just how we did, but and obviously not just reviewing the final, but maybe like we'll go through our team of the tournament from a non-fantasy perspective, our. Uh, you know, goal of the tournament, things like that, moment of the tournament, team of the tournament, just a few few different things we'll try and try and get across. And then I think All me and Aaron, steam ahead for next season. Yeah, me and Aaron will be having a break. And uh, just everyone, please remember now to follow us on Twitter at UCL Fantasy Pod. That's at UCL Fantasy Pod. Uh, it's a brand new account, so we don't have many followers and we aren't following many people yet. Uh, but if you give us a follow, we'll follow you back. Uh, we just love to build up the community. We know that there's not much going on in the way of Champions League podcasts and that sort of thing. Everything seems to be focused on Fantasy Premier League. Uh, so we would love to build that up. We'll be put, like putting on polls and suggestions and team news and, and little things like that on there. So even having Twitter be valuable but it's not something that i usually have anyway so um it'd just be nice to have you all get in touch obviously you can leave us feedback there uh we are precious so if you want to be nice be nice you want to criticize criticize uh it's all good just let us know but uh we hope you just all uh, enjoy the semi-finals cannot wait and we'll see you all after that so take care everyone good night good night aaron